So we were just talking, you just mentioned the word process. Oh, yeah. And in one of our episodes, I told you I was struggling reaching a girl, one of my students. Right. And I told you that I was getting close to breaking up, suggesting that this was not a good fit. So we had the lesson but yesterday. Wait, we need to give we need to give the backstory because okay. I, I think that's important because I don't know if right. So this is one of the episodes or whatever. But tell us the backstory of this. First of all, this is in a twelve-hour day that you're teaching, so she's one of correct, and correct. she's a teenager. She's, a teenager, she's a teenager, and I'm, I'm okay. again. I have, and she's been playing tennis for how long? Since she was a little kid, off again, off and on, but like dabbling, not for, like does her lesson. Uh huh. But for how long? Approximately eight or nine. So she's been in for at least four, five, six years. Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's been in and around. The point is, she's been in and around the tennis court and coaches and lessons and whatever for six, seven years. So there's a history here of understanding, sort of the 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 strum and drag of the tennis lesson, and then what you're expect what you're expected to do or not do. And how it how the whole thing works. She didn't just walk in cold and has been on the tennis court with you for a few weeks, and now you've made the executive decision that it's just not going to work because she's not giving anything. Correct. There's, there's a history Correct. there, is and my she's point. been in my specifically high school class for the last few years. Okay, and your high school class, how many hours is it? It's a once a week, and it's for how? She was doing uh, twice a week for an hour and a half. Okay, so she has been around you for and for three hours a week for some quite some time and she was working she's worked with various pros until this summer so this was the first summer where they approached me for privates so the parents and understand as a coach i try not to step on another coach's when i um teaching style sure so whatever they've done in the past i don't they've done but not even in the past. If they're currently in lessons, uh-huh. I don't tell them something completely contradictory to what the coach is saying. This is assuming you understand. Oh, will they tell you what the coach is like? Oh, well, you know. No, I ask them. So okay. they'll be working on something, working on serving. But if I know they're in private lessons right. with coach so-and-so, uh-huh. I'll walk over and say, hey, what is what, what is coach Claude recommending you do? Or right. what, are you, what are you two working on right. in your lesson? We'll work on this. It's fine. The rest of the class is going to work on this. You should do more of that. And then what I'll do is, you know, if there's a break and I see Coach Claude, I'll say, hey, Claudio, I saw so-and-so, just making sure that that was the right thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah." but I'll clarify, and then I'll share the information with you as far as, well, I noticed that she was struggling with this, just an an FYI. It's an off-the-cuff, and I I walk away. And then if if you choose to come back to me and say, hey, is there anything else you see? Right. Blah, fine. blah 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 yeah right. it's fine but again i'm trying not to overcoach somebody else because that's not my when i say overcoach i mean like go over another coach right i don't like because that's now you're you have, not trying to send the kid or the student mixed signals you know right. you're you're you know yeah. that, he doesn't know what he's talking about i'm telling you this is the way to do it right. my methodology is exactly the way to do it because <laughs> he's a horrible coach and well, but most coaches, most coaches don't, I get that, but most coaches don't do it that bad. That That's pretty dramatic. Probably they will just make a face or cringe or 
say, eh, I don't know that I would do it that way. And then the student is like, no, oh, you're which, actually, you're which, actually, no, you're actually wrong. Really? They walk right over and I'll say, Hey, they're doing private lessons with me and we're not doing that method. Oh, I'll come right out and say, no, that's my private. We're working on something. I'll say that directly to the coach. You will, but I'm saying, will other coaches do? They should. Yeah. I'm recommending that coaches shouldn't step on somebody or you should at least ask the coach. And I have the guy I always co-coach with will say to me, hey, I want to make a recommendation to your guy over here. Is that cool? I was thinking about this. Have you, have you thought about this? And I'll say, Oh, that's great. Go tell him, go tell him. Awesome. But again, there's a, there's a respect there. This is not a competition. We're on the same team. But when you do that as a coach, you're purposely stealing thunder for you. That's a will to dominate a will to control. That is right. That is not a will to know. Because if you had a will to know, you'd walk over to the coach that's giving the private lessons, ask them what they're working on, say, hey, I noticed something else. Would you be okay if I explored this with them? And any coach would say, yeah, because maybe you're going to say it in a way that makes the green light go on for them. Just maybe I just hadn't find the verbiage to right. that made the light go on for them, mm-hmm. that aha moment. But... I don't find that a lot of times that it's more about ready. <laughs> See, <laughs> told you so. And then they walk away. Oh, I, I, that, that, that I, it's just the minute I hear that from a coach at like as a side out of my ear, if, when they're talking with somebody in a class or anything, I'm like, I told you so has nothing to do with work, t- coaching with somebody working with somebody. Right. That's an at, and we've <clears throat> talked about on tennis rockers multiple times coaching at somebody leaves no space for you and you just end up creating a student that second guesses and they have to it's like it's like helicopter parenting like your kid just cannot move on they, they can't do anything without your approval so wait give this so in other words what you i don't want to so what you're saying is if you're if you're working with a student that also happens to be working with another coach and that and you're now working with that student but the coach walks by and there's an exchange between you and that other coach and the coach says when he disagrees with whatever you're saying or whatever, and then the student replicates it and makes the mistake or does the whatever, and he goes, see, <laughs> told you so. Is that the situation? No, the situation okay. is we're, we're in a group class, okay. and there's multiple coaches. Oh, right, okay. Right, there's three or four coaches, Okay, and we've got X amount of students. and and. How many students, roughly? Just for so people can put in perspective. Six, six, no, sixteen. I'm going. I'm going pre covies Okay. Okay. So between sixteen and twenty something. Okay, and there's probably like two, three coaches, or four, know, four coaches. Right. Okay. And a coach will walk. We'll say, hey, okay, let's just go standard. We're gonna warm up our serves. Right. And, and I always love that. I told you when coaches walk around, they got to fix everybody's serve in in eight minutes. That's, that's always great. Right? It's been eight years she hasn't gotten it, but you know these eight minutes are going to just change her whole life. So they'll walk by, and you're like, I'll have three or four who are taking privates from me out of sixteen or twenty two, and a coach will like bead right in on the kid that I'm working with, and all of a sudden just start like changing stance. X, Y, and Z, and and I'll have to say, hey, can you be fair? We're they already know what they're working on. You don't need, but but I saw, I saw, I don't know, I don't care what you saw. That has, and I've said this in the again, I've said this. Do you have a long term plan for that student? Well, they're not my student. Okay, 
let's move on. Don't tell them anything because that's a dominate thing. That is a control thing. If you really want to help my student, you come up to me and you say, hey, Sully, I noticed that Bob or Bobby is struggling on this part. Bob's back. What are you working on in the private lesson? I'm actually working on the platform stance. Oh, because I was going to address the ball toss. Can you not do that right now? Because I really want them just to work on the stance right now. Or I'll say, great, what's your idea? Oh, that's great. Go tell them. I don't need, like, I wouldn't steal their thunder either. If they came up to me with a great suggestion and I thought it really would help them. So this, I think this gets at something that maybe. Is this another episode? No, (laughs) I think. This is not what I wanted to talk (laughs) about. This is not what I wanted to talk about. Well, I, but I, what I think is interesting is, uh, if I can, I'll try to step outside uh, because I'm outside your perspective, your world. Sure. And I'm not defending them. So don't. No, you no, know. go ahead. I think it's good. This is but good. I think what happens with these coaches, again, I'm not defending them. But I think what happens is there's an assumption that everybody there is taking a tennis lesson. And another assumption is I'm a coach and I have to add value. And I don't. I don't, for some, I think it might be a little bit more uh, harsher, we'll say. But for a lot of coaches, I think they're walking by and I'm not espousing good intent to them. I'm just Mm -hmm. suggesting that I think they get in the mindset I think coaches need to be recoached on how to approach, particularly in these types of situations where it's a group lesson and you have multiple coaches right they should be they should be recoached on how to coach or how to work in those group lessons and i don't i bet you i'm willing to bet your your place and just like every place does not really work on that they throw you throw a bunch of pros on the court and now you've got the old what's the old saying too many cooks in the kitchen hit the yellow button hit the yellow button okay you just nailed it no no i think on multiple levels you're right we don't we don't teach coaches how to work with other coaches. Right. One. And you're ready? And here's there's a problem in itself because if you're coming from a tennis background, individual sport, not teamwork. <laughs> it's the opposite of teamwork. So, hey, four of you guys that play D1 tennis now and you're on the backslide of your tennis career, you're going to be you're coaching now and you're going to all work together. What? It's like a big it's for it's a big pissing match. Right, it's like don't cross the streams, <laughs> you know, or Ghostbusters. Like someone's gonna yeah, get it. Right. Um, that was one thing I think. Yes, you're correct, hundred percent on that. And the other one is yes, I think there is that. I didn't account for that. You're correct. Now that I'm processing what you're saying, account for what? They're trying to add value, and it is yep. boring. It, it gets boring, right? Just like okay, I've been standing for nine hours. Like I just got. Can I just like? give something that makes somebody fix something. So, well, and I, right? No, and I get that. Yeah, I and I think that. the other thing that happens too is you come from a place of many, many years of perfecting your technique or your or your or your skill and whatever you're doing, right? Your your movements and your technique and everything like that. And I think at some level it can get very frustrating because it's almost like you need to have different levels of coaches. You know, we, I know we, we, everybody always talks about high performance, you know, and there are some people will say, well, you'd never find a, you know, a Paul Anacone working with a, a group of little hitters. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's true. But I well, almost. That's because he can make more money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that actually, you know what? If you ask Paul, 
hey, you can make the exact same amount of, amount of money working with five and six-year-olds, he might be like, you know what? I'm doing that. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. It's easier. I don't have to deal with as much guff. Hey, but, hey Paul, if you want a job at Pirate Camp this summer, right. <laughs> like, give me a call. Right, right, right. Um, so I think that I'm not sure. You know, it's funny because I see, I'll see these D1 guys out there and I see them working with newbies. And, you know, emotionally, they're not ready to work with those people. They're not um, for a number of reasons. You know, they're a bad choice for working with newbies or even younger kids at some level. Not the mini tennis, goofy, goofy stuff, but I'm talking like a single private because most likely they're not parents. They're young. They're 23, 24, 25. They're not yet parents. And so they don't have this sort of parental approach, which it, which is kind of like a gentle, empathetic, empath- empathic, oh, come on, let's work together. I get it. Sure. No, I understand. I was, and then they can envision like, oh, that's right. When I was your age or our genuine caringness and giving, they're not there yet. They can get there as parents eventually, but they're, they don't have that yet. Another thing is, it's they're they're more quick to the trigger because they haven't learned the steps of learning and they've forgotten a lot of that. So they're so they're like, well, you should be able to get this. Like inside, they may not be saying that, but because they can get it, they're thinking and feeling like, we well, you should be able to get this. That's you, what, you, you should be able to get this. Right? You said to in a previous episode, we forget sometimes that we've been doing this one movement, this one particular movement that we're pointing out to somebody a hundred thousand times over 20 years or since we were seven. So you're now 25 and you're like, Hey man, you just listen, you're just going to pronate your wrist like this. We take that for granted that these micro movements are second nature to everybody when we forget that we had to groove them ourselves and really hone and develop those movements because those micro movements really make a huge difference in the outcome. Just like, right. Think about like, so I was hitting with somebody again yesterday in my marathon Sunday, 12 hours mortgage, mortgage Sunday. That's what I call it. Without (laughs) Sunday, I have no house. Right. And this woman hits ballistically. I mean, just, Oh, one of the, the guy that strings my rackets knows all about, he's just really good at it. And I tell everybody like, that's his wheelhouse. He just be like the racket guy. And I right. send everybody to him and I, I'll ask him too. like, my arm's a little tweaky. He's like, Oh, go with these. Like he just gets it. Right. So she's walking in a couple of weeks ago and he's like, yeah, I remember you telling like he pointed out a racket that she oh, should use. The Babalot first strike. Yeah, and I was like, strike. Yeah. And I was like, no, right. <laughs> the ball is like penetrating off the court. My and I'm using a lighter racket. I was using the um, the Rev Pro from mm-hmm. Head, yeah. So it's a little bit lighter. My backhand was I have a one hit. It was like depressing back behind my left hip, and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I was like slicing everything, so I switched to the first strike. And her and I have a good relationship, so I went, I went to the Pro, <laughs> I went to the heavier racket, and then the next lesson, she's like. Oh, this feels horrible. What happened? I'm like, I'm holding up the racket and I'm like, it's heavier. <laughs> and she's like, oh, 
But so she adjusted yesterday. How did you, and I just have to ask this, I don't want to get too far afield, but how did your arm adjust to the poundage on the tension? Because I'm guessing that that wasn't at the tension you use on yours. Oh, so he dropped it for me. He was like, oh, we're, are we going to drop that to 45? Oh, like, so he had a racket that was ready to go or, or, or no. Oh, you. Oh, I got the demo. And you get the we, demo. We just ripped out the strings. <laughs> he goes, I go, but I don't own it. He goes, dude, it's a demo. I got it. And he, so he, I'm the only one using it now because it's like kind of out of vogue right now. Right. So it just sits on the wall. So he's, he restrung it and at 45 for me. And so I had that going. But she adjusted and she lightened up, but was hitting like high archy balls really deep oh, in the baseline. Fun. With a one hander, that's my favorite. Fun, yeah. I just love it. And right. so I look, I go, really? Academy and, ball. And, she, and she's a really good athlete. She's laughing. But I, again, it jacked up my timing and I was probably on contact because I had to take that. I had to take that earlier. I did not want that to jump up on me. Yeah. An inch earlier. I'd be like in distance wise to the ball, an inch, I had to be an inch further out in front. Right. And that's why I had to swing a little bit like uncomfortably early for me. Yep. And, and, so and, and my up, movement, and my move, even though it's a lot. take it was, back and it, it, res, it messes, you got to reconfigure oh, everything. It took me like 30 minutes right. because I'm not an elite athlete, but I could feel that little, that the timing and the distance right. made, and, and what's the thing I always say? I was like, oh, there it is. Woo! Like you could feel like a breath, uh, right. a breath of fresh and now air. Now you're feeling the pressure because it's almost like the tables have turned, and now you're feeling the internal commentators coming up, and you're like, "Oh God, <laughs> she's paying for this." No, it was I'm, now. It was like, I'm "This off. is my lesson." I'm off, and I, you know, <laughs> she. This is a big deal. You know what it's I mean? I'm worst. starting to look. I'm not. What do I do here? And I think. I don't care how I look. You I suffered. feel bad because she's spending money on I know this, you I suffered you suffered through it. A lot of a lot of people would be like, Okay, let's work on something else. <laughs> no, oh no. Like, oh no. And and the thing was, that was my perspective. Right. Her perspective was that was great. I love watching you suffer. <laughs> you know, like right, right. or you know what I think it really is helpful also for for students to see, oh look, these little if I that which sounds really contradictory, if I lighten up with a higher arc your ball, but but get it super deep, it could have the same effect on his backhand if I unload on it with a low trajectory penetrate. Like yeah, it's using different approaches to problem solve and and really think through things. I think that's a huge moment that gets overlooked too, because it gets glossed over with the emotions of the moment, like the um. There can be emotions at the moment. Like if you guys have a good re- relationship and she's hitting the ball a certain and it's causing you to be off constantly, it could trigger her emotional empathy depending on what kind of person she is. Like, do you want me to? And she, I know she's not that. No, she just I, kept working the backhand. Right. And I was like, right. you could go to my forehand. She's like, why? <laughs> I was like, you right. jerk. So now she's driving, <laughs> oh, she's she driving at it. you. Right. And oh, she's, yeah. she's having a good time. But that, what I'm saying is that could also trigger emotions. And then it could trigger, it didn't, but I'm saying it could trigger emotions in the coach. It's like, okay, this is aggravating. I got to stop this. I got to be in control here. Will to conquer, whatever we're going to go do something else now. Uh, that's nice. That's nice, Bobby, but we're <laughs> right. I'm just saying that could trigger and, but you, but you, but you got through it. But I, I think that I'm not sure how now a D one kid could probably uh, change quicker and respond and react quicker to that moment. I guess. Oh, 
heartbeat. Oh, for me? Yeah, in a heartbeat. Very quick, yeah. But I guess the, the point I was trying to make, though, was something like that, which is a small, it seems like a small fix, right? A D1 player would be like, oh, I just got to go early. I got that. Boom. Right? I'll yeah. move in a little bit, take that earlier on the rise, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I'm like, just swing out, dude. Just swing out. <laughs> Come on, make yourself. Right. So they're, that's where they're good. They're really good at making that mechanical adjustment really quick, right? And, right. And it wasn't that I didn't recognize what I, sh- I should do. It's just you. I, I couldn't get through that hidden barrier again right. of like, now, swing now. <laughs> like right. I knew exactly what I needed to do, which is why I think I'm a good coach. Right. Little, well, that's I have a little problem with the implementation. Well, that's because your brain, your so your body, your body brain is used to taking the ball a certain way. Your unconscious, subconscious body that you've trained to do this all this time. This is the way it's done. This is the way it's done. This is the way it's done, and it works. It works. It works. It works for you, and it, and this is what works for most people when they get on the court. And this could be another episode in and of itself. But there's the body brain, and then what you're having to do is you're having to work this conscious processing. And we know that the processor is a lot slower up here. It works really well, but it's a very slow processor. And then it's trying to communicate that message down to the body, and the body's like, "This is not what we do. That's not. This is not our timing, buddy. This is this. This is not it. Right." And, and you're like, but you're not getting it. We, we need to change that now. And they're like, you're sending an order down to the, the body and the body's like, yeah, we're not doing that. Do you know what maladjusted behavior is? Uh, yeah. Okay. Explain to me what you think it is. Uh, or what, how you, you would explain it. Because I think this, because I just had, you can hit the smart articles button. I just, uh, okay. I just had a huge connection. But I want you to tell me, so make sure that we're on the same page, that we're having the same conversation. Well, maladjusted behavior is usually associated with um, a person who has learned to do something that it's almost like a social norm or a social social conduct in a certain way that is uh, not just bad for them, but bad for the people who are in the receiving end of it. So if you have somebody who, uh, when they get frustrated, they um, pull out the swear words and they don't realize that the social norms are like, you don't express your frustration in that way when you're there, right? That's maladjusted behavior. Like they'll they'll come out there and they'll be like, and you're like, um, that we don't really do here. There are other kids in this class or there are other people and that's maladjusted behavior, at least my understanding. No, I think that's exactly right. So we, so one would be, instead of me having coffee in the morning, I've trained myself to have three beers. I can still get through the day, but those three beers really help me get up in the morning. Right. Like if you're in a frat house, actually. <laughs> that's not. That's actually, a, that's a social norm. That's a social that, norm. I'm okay with that. Right. <laughs> that right. Of course. Is- now, when you take that to the office in three years, that's maladjusted <laughs> well, behavior. You need to recognize that it actually wasn't a good thing. Correct. So we do things like, hey, I'm going to watch four shows on my computer five minutes before I go to bed is when I'll turn it off. So the blue light messes up my circadian rhythms. Then what happens long-term, I don't really get my REM sleep until four hours later. Oh, look, now 
it's three o'clock in the morning, but I got to get up at six. And now I do that for 10 years. That's might have, that may have some long-term effects on you getting dementia or something else or something with your corneas. Who knows? But the point is that at the time, it's something that makes us feel good, but it has a short-term payoff. Then we've convinced ourselves that this is the way to go. Now, what does this have to do with, with coaching and with playing tennis or any sport? I'm going to, I was like, oh, and this is like, God, my brain is so messed up, but this is how my brain works. That when you get your strokes and you're playing and it works most of the time, that's your maladjusted behavior. You're like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Then you play an opponent that's saying, you know, that behavior is not going to work against my behavior. <laughs> and you're like, what? I got a new racket. That's going to press you now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make you change your behavior. And I'm saying in my head, no, 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 no. I like to have three beers in the morning and I like to watch four shows till two o'clock in the morning before I go to bed. And this is the way I do it. And you're the doctor on the other side saying, that's maladjusted behavior. You need to change your behavior. And I'm going, I can't. I just can't. I got to swing now. Why aren't I swinging now? Why can't, as, as I'm drinking the beer at six o'clock in the morning, knowing that it's not working, I'm still going to do it. And it took me 40 minutes yesterday to stop or the other day to stop drinking the beer. It was like, come on. But can I go ahead? Whereas, so when you, and I think that's the same result when you have athletes that play like one sport, right? They're like, I'm going to say the word. I'm saying the S word. Soccer. So you're playing soccer four days a week, and that's your primary sport. That is maladjusted behavior because those micro movements are going to be so much harder to break when you try to apply them to something else. And that's what I'm seeing. And it's same with me too, right? It's like for me to go to another sport, it would take me probably just as long to make those adjustments to that to be sports specific for that sport to use those skill that skill set. So in a weird way, that's maladjusted behavior where you're you're working the one thing so much that you can't change for other sports. And that's what I was trying to tell you like when I teach a hockey player, their their footwork is the opposite of tennis and it's really hard for them to change. I mean, we're spending a lot of time on the ladder when I have something that's like that plays a lot of soccer, they're not pivoting. They don't pivot the way we pivot on a tennis court. So that's not going to bode well for them if they're thinking like, well, I'm going to play two sports, but you're 90% in on tennis and you're, um, sorry, you're 90% on soccer, but you're only 10% in on tennis. So, which is fine. But then the expect, here we go into the emotional quotient, then your expectation for, tennis success should be lower. Now take it to the coach that wants to add value to a class and you realize that the kid you're talking to or maybe half the class is 90% in on soccer and you want them to change something? I don't think so. I don't know. I just, well, no, and I think the other thing I was Does gonna, that make sense? Yeah, I think the other thing I was going to add was that you take we should walk through the we should try to walk through as much as we can the entire reality of that moment which is regardless of whether they are soccer 
or another sport, or they are all tennis, there's the emotional moment that we as human beings experience. And it's that frustration. And then that what that frustration does is if it's uncontrolled, then you have more maladjusted behavior, right? <clears throat> so you have uh, this frustration that's like you're digging on yourself. I mean, I don't know how many, I, I can't speak because I was never a soccer player or a hockey guy, <laughs> but I can tell you from, from tennis people, I don't know, maybe tennis people are uniquely, I think Agassiz talks about this to some degree in his book, how it's just such a weird sport because <clears throat> you're out there and you're kind of like a boxer, but you're also kind of like your own coach because you can't get coached. <laughs> so you're having these insane, these conversations of insanity with yourself. And the problem is a lot of these people have their own internal bad coaches and their maladjusted behavior that they've learned is to... Uh, dig on themselves, you know, to sit there and say, come on, how can you miss that? That's stupid. Get it together, you know, or, or whatever. They have this maladjusted coach. That's what I was doing yesterday. <laughs> so I set my internal commentator. Yeah, but that, that is very, it's, it doesn't, it, it slows you down to get it. I mean, talk about, talk about slowing you, you down to the eventual resolution. It makes it even worse because if people realized how slow they really need to process, how slow, not just to process something with using their cerebral cortex, but then the communication going through all those other elements like the hippocampus, the hippocampus and the amygdala and all this stuff, and then getting down to the body and helping the body make those adjustments and reconfigure on the fly is not so easy because there's been ingrained behavior that's been repeated lots and lots of times. If they really realized that, maybe they wouldn't be so harsh on themselves and they wouldn't dig on themselves because what they're asking is, by virtue of that emotional response, what you're asking is you're asking for an abrupt halt. It's like trying to halt a giant naval ship that's steaming at 30 knots on a dime and turn it in a 180 and go the other way. It just doesn't happen. It takes time, right? You got to slow everything down. You don't pump the brakes. You got to slow everything down, <laughs> right? You don't go into a skid. If you want to turn around, that's going to take quite some time to do. And that, and, and I think it's the same thing with the body when you're asking the body. So what you're doing though, when you have that emotional response and all that stuff is you're actually making it harder to get to your eventual results. So, and an elite coach who plays, who had played elite tennis doesn't have that emotional spot response is what you're saying that their student has because they've worked it so much that they can make the adjustments so much quicker. They've made, they've actually circumnavigated the, they've had to make those types of adjustments in the past. So their body is conditioned to be able to make adjustments and, on and, the fly. And then they're explaining it in a way. And the expectation is there that you get it as quickly as, as they explained it because it seems like it came easy to them. You no, know, it is coming easy to them now. They have forgotten that it never came easy to them in the past. Which is They've why you've erased that. Okay. Because you don't, because okay. I think it's essential to your ascension in the acquisition of any skill that you erase all of the initial bumblings and mistakes and you forget how you were clumsy and klutzy and all this. I mean, we see it with kids, right? You probably don't do this at home, but. I, 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 ca I catch myself with my kids, you know, and I keep reminding my wife that, you know, they're in training. They're just in training. They're in training here for the better part of, you know, 15 years minimum, 
probably more like 20. And then even then there's still more training. And I remind her of that because, you know, they're going to overpour the the glass of water. They're going to, they're going to test things out. Like, well, that's what they're supposed to do. Because yeah. when you overpour the glass of water, you think to yourself, my kids do at least, Oh, that's too fast. That's too much. Right, but right. then it gets like, okay. But then it gets on the wooden table, and then it and then no, it, but, you but snap, that's, but, or it goes yeah, all but, over but, the floor but, and you snap. But with that, you, but you're not snapping over the glass of water, though. You're snapping over the other frustrations in your life, and that was the tipping point, right? And I do do that with my kids. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I I think I've caught. I can speak for myself. I'm snapping at some level, like. Come on, they didn't have to do that that way. They know not to do that that. They know not to do that. And I'm I'm kind of like, come on. You you've seen me pour a glass of water a million times. You know not to do uh, that. Uh, uh, right? uh, uh, you just did the coach thing though. Right. You just said it. Does you good. yeah. No, let me no, let me call you out now. You I just want said, you to, yeah. You saw me pour this a million times. Right. Now why can't you pour it? You know, if you really want to break it down. I call it the, the Sullivan space out. My kids and we all do it. We all have this thing where we just, our brains go like right. deep in, in, inside ourselves yeah. that you could be speaking to me right now and I just, right. And you're like, are you there? Oh, right. sorry. I was just spacing out right. where here's one. Let's say bomber over poured the glass of water and you and you's like, right. you see me pour this a million times. And he's like, yeah, but I actually haven't poured a glass of water in a week because you guys keep doing it for me. I know you guys don't, but you keep doing it for me. And um, I was actually distracted. I was thinking about something else as I was pouring it. Right. Which we have all done. All right. Do you get what I'm saying? So, but guess what? To actually break mm. down that whole process of the glass of water being over poured. I mean, ready? We want to make that super quick, right? You want to give a quick answer right. to something that... We, we're actually not exploring and that's but isn't that the same thing as what we're we're trying to coach when we coach people or we deal with well, other, right we don't that, that's you get what i'm saying though you know i do you if you use the analogy of pouring a glass right we don't have glass class at our house most families don't you know where you every day you go to a class for three minutes and we work on pouring liquids into into cups and glasses. And why? We don't. Why? Because we just it, expect that you're going to get that. You're going to because see it. Because it, it seems simple and easy. Yeah. Right. And it's not for, especially no. because you're judging, there's a lot of things that are going on and their brains might not be there yet. Their brains and their, and the brains of your student might not be there yet. They're, they're, you know, that, that, that I think that's a great analogy too. Like the kid pouring a glass of water compared to the adult versus the kid's or the student, the tennis student versus the coach, right? The tennis, the, the, the coach, you know, you ever go, you know, when you go to a bar and you see the, the bartender, like pour two, pour two, whatever shot glasses at the same time, and they can do it just so, and they've got this technique or whatever. And, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. You I, know? Can, I can do that at home. Right. <laughs> you drop the bottles. Right. You do whatever. <laughs> you, you splash. The, the, the liquid goes flying out. But anyway, the point is that I, I think we, we, we have the same, we have the same, um, we have the same result here, which is we have to be careful that um, you, you need to, the coaches need to come from a position of, wait a second. Um, I was there once and, uh, this took me a long time. I don't care if you're 23 and you're 
just graduated from a D1 or whatever and you're now teaching, you, the coaches need to, need to be trained that you were there once. And that's what we, you're, it's almost like, hey, welcome to your first day coaching at this facility. We're going to be having a long series of conversations, and the first one that we're going to be having on a repeated basis is for you to adjust and understand who the people who come here are. They are the opposite of you, you could say, right? You are a, you have trained and worked, and you have just come off of what was likely to be the pinnacle of your tennis experience and the height for most people in America of their tennis capabilities and training and playing. You're not going to get that anymore, right? You've come off this elite thing and now you're stepping into an environment where it's the complete opposite. It's a bunch of newbies or a bunch of struggling tennis players. And they're not going to reach your heights. Their height right. is keeping it over the net and in play. Right. That's, that's the height. And that's, and I bet you could not, that's an uncomfortable conversation because some of those people are going to go, you know what? I think I'll go sell insurance. You know what? Because, because <laughs> they're like, because they're like, you know what? Um, I, I've worked too hard and I, and I'm, and I've reached a level and I'd rather just keep it at that. And I'd rather just play local tournaments against, against guys who are in my, at my level. And I'd rather just. I'd rather just keep it this at this sacred space for myself. That's the right choice. And I can't, I, I can't That's do that. That's the right choice. I, I, I physically can't, I emotionally can't do that. I emotionally can't do that, right? So we have, we've touched on three things here. Coaches dealing with coaches. Right. And co-coaching in a big class. There's also co-coaching when you know a student is taking from multiple coaches at the same time. So I will recommend another coach for serving. My service, eh, it's okay. But, so I look at myself like a project manager. That's how I look at it. So I'll recommend another coach that, hey, you know, this one could really help you with your serve on this. Or, you know what, she's got a great backhand slice. I think she go see her and she's gonna break that down for you. So I, I look at as the other coaches as an extension of me and that I feel good that I can recommend that a student goes to this coach for that because what it does, Robert, as opposed to Bobby. Yes. Or Bob. I just, or, or, I just and Roberta. I just, Roberta. there we go. No, we just broadened it out. We just, Oh, good. We got four people now we, we're working with. So we have, we, we start with Bob. We went to Bobby. Now we got Robert and Roberta, so that's we're good. Yeah. So Roberta has got a great backhand. Four styles of anonymity just for you. <laughs> Only in tennis rockers. You know what we're gonna do though? I'm gonna have T-shirts made with with their Our own. Our one like, listener faces. is gonna appreciate this. I'm telling you. No, no, no. We, I, no, no I think we're up to like five. <laughs> no, oh, so we should have avatars. We can yeah. have avatars for each of them. But I will use those other coaches. Uh huh as extensions of myself because I look at myself as a project manager right? and that actually keeps my students coming back because I can put the game together for them, not just that specific. And you're not afraid that if they go off with that coach, no. they're going to, you're not, you're not afraid of the mistress syndrome. They're going to fall in love and want to divorce you. 
They're they always come back, baby. <laughs> I got the mohawk and I got the jams on the court. Come on. Who wouldn't? Um, and here's the thing too is, and no, I, I just, I think that's interesting that you are not afraid to do that. No, but, but here's the deal though too. If a coach knocks it out of the park with one of my students, I'm like, you know what? You need to switch. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm going to kill you. You need to go get better with them because they're reaching you in a different way, a different capacity than I can. I think I've worn out my welcome with you. So wait, I just have to, I'm going to dig in here for one second. It gets us off a little bit, but I want to. <laughs> wait, cover. is this a tangent it on tennis rockers? It's a tangent on tangents. Oh, no, okay. I, I find it interesting because you brought it up at this point. You know, you will let it go. Let the student go. Okay. I'm not the professional coach that you are where I have a roster of students. I have my students. I have a roster of students that if they leave mine are more like prisoners who, who, who can't pour a glass of water. No, no, but I'm not a professional coach who teaches hundreds of people. And I don't have a roster of people that, that I, I want to keep that roster is what you said you alluded to earlier when you're like, I call it mortgage Sunday. And I think for coaches out there that are struggling to fill their roster, this is interesting because you are clearly not afraid because each person that you let go from your roster is one less paying customer. And that one less paying customer is X amount of dollars less toward your mortgage, right? And, but yet you're, you must have some sort of confidence because there's maybe a list of people that are, that want to take lessons from you. So you can let that person go and it's not that big a deal because you can fill that gap by reaching out to another person. And this actually nicely dovetails to what we were talking about earlier with dropping this student. But I just want to go behind the scenes for a second that you are not afraid to do that not just because you're a fearless person, but you're also not afraid to do that because you have people who would like to take lessons from you, but can't, and you can fill that spot. Is that a yeah. fair thing to say here? Yes. Yeah, so because I think there are going to be coaches that listen to this that are like, oh yeah, really? That's interesting. So what you're doing this all for free, buddy, this costs money and this takes away money out of my pocket. And it's like, I'm just trying to give people a, a glimpse behind the scenes that it's not about generosity necessarily that there's still the practical ramifications of making money for this as a, as a living for you, but you have an ability. Oh, right. It's not all rainbows and unicorns and, and sunshine. No, right. There's, there's a practical element to that. I need that pays my bills and supports my family, but because you have a roster, but what happens is because I am able to let somebody go. If I say, I think you'd be better served working with this coach than me because I'm noticing these things. That's me still coaching. And then that lets the student know at any age that I have their best interest at heart. I'm not looking to just take their money. I'm actually working with them to help them get to the best player that they can be and get maximize what they can get out of this sport. Right. And... What happens then is that they give me referrals. People referred to me that say, oh, you want to start with him. He's actually, he'll figure it out for you. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you want? I mean, that's a, right. So I do have this 
every year I have this influx of... You have this sort of self-generated reciprocity. Right. And the other thing is I can't always get everybody in. So there's no movement in my schedule. People say, I really want a lesson. I'm like, oh, right. I really like them. Right. But I like everybody else also. But also sometimes you buffer. Sometimes you bluff and buffer. I've caught you on that because you did have some time. But I think you, like for us, you didn't want to work with us. <laughs> so you I, I didn't were like, like you. I didn't right. like you. Right. So you were like, no. you were like. You were, ah. yelling, you were yelling at your kids because they didn't have a poor glass of water. I mean, why would I like you? I come wasn't on. yelling at my kids. Uh, you're like, come on. You've seen me do this a million times. I'm no. like, oh, there's that guy. There's the true. tennis dad. This is odd. There's the no, tennis but dad. No, did, but you did, you did have room in your schedule, but you didn't want to because you didn't, you didn't think it would work you didn't like me and you didn't i didn't realize you're yeah. you're you're the affect you project right is not what you are right it's you're like the book the cover of your book is absolutely not you at all which is really interesting it's no and i and i, and I get totally it pathological at some point. <laughs> no i get it so yeah you know you have a huge defense mechanism i think for the way you grew up which right. i understand now in height like as we go through and i think back on how you were raised um i get it now and i'm glad that we went we, i'm glad that we took the time i'm glad that we took the time to get to know one another and go down this road because it's been a really fulfilling relationship <laughs> <laughs> but i'm leaving you now no 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 <laughs> yeah but i i think that lost my train. So you're able to let these people oh, yeah, yeah, go yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have a roster and, and, the, and the referrals and the, re and the so referral. good things that you've done in some ways, you're like paying it forward, right? So yeah. you've, you've been able to, you, you're paying it forward by saying, Hey, you know what? You really need to work on your serve. I'm not the serve guy, Robert. <laughs> we can even add juniors and seniors and thirds. Oh, Rob Jr. Robbie, right? Bobby Jr. Or Bobby senior. Oh, there you go. We've, I think we've run it out to 10. We're getting close to 10. I can smell it. So Wait, I have a question though. Uh, How come do women have juniors? Like my mom was Fran and I had a sister yeah, who's Fran. Know. Is she Franny Jr.? I don't know. How come guys only get the juniors? I don't know. Is there something for women? I don't know. Have you ever even thought of that? Maybe you should go next door and ask the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my polite Chicago. I don't know, but, it, but see back. there, there's my brain. Like, <clears throat> no, no, I think it's fascinating. It's a will to know. It's a question. You have to Google. Is it there, after, after is there the a equivalent of Bobby jr. For Roberta is. jr. <clears throat> there probably is. It's just not women don't want to use it or I don't know. There's usually they're smarter about it than us. I, I cut you off. So Go no, on. but so the, the idea is that you're paying it forward and, um, you have, I think this gives you a certain level of leeway and comfort on the court with your students because you're like, well, if this isn't going to work, you don't feel that tension that you might've felt that tension when you were first, when you were a new coach in your first couple of years, like, well, I don't want to lose it. And you're probably at some level, it's almost like a sales, a sales quota that you have, you know, you got these, you got these students, you got these people and you're told by the manager, listen, you're going to, in order for you to keep your job here or whatever, you got to be teaching at least 20 students a week or 30 students a week. And all of a sudden it's not working and you're, you know, the person's frustrated or maybe the personality's a conflict. Or what if you're a coach that's teaching at multiple facilities? Maybe you're right. You're like a substitute teacher or right. part-time where you just right. can't lock into a club yet because people like me have been there a long time. So now you're commuting between 
different clubs. How do you get a foothold in that? And then you're, right. and then I'm now mm. Sully saying I'm supposed to reference to somebody else. Right. You, that's hard. You know, that's a, and I will, uh, qualify and quantify that all my, even though it's mortgage Sunday, there's not one person on Sunday that I don't like. Like that, my schedule. I'm very lucky that the people I work with, except for, and this will bring us perfectly oh, around. Here we go. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you don't like her. No, but I'm not helping her. Let's go back to the beginning. We're here. Which the process, is oh, so. So let's wrap up this little segment here. Coaches working with coaches. Yeah. Coaches working with students that are being coached by somebody else in a group class. Yeah, I feel like each one of those has to be a separate show. I don't. So. I think we just. I don't think. I don't know if that's real. I think those are classes that need to be run. That's what I think. And, right. And then also with parenting, like thinking about, and I think, and I'm not. I'm. I'm busting on you, but I'm not. I'm doing like the New York style busting your balls kind of thing. But that that comment you made really brings things home for me with kids at home, where you're like, you've seen me do this a million times, but that doesn't mean that their brain body can do it so my kids break plates all the time and i'm actually okay with it like things break they i'm like it's fine guys just clean it up we know how to do it so i try to have that so i think it's important also that we take this idea because we're elite parents we we're, we're older people we're elite adults expecting kids to do things that we've done a million times since we were kids right. and guess what i still drop a coffee cup and break it I still say, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? And my kids are like, dude, they're on your head. Right, but at the same time, and I'm not trying to contradict, but at the same time, because I'm a parent too, at the same time though, even though they are, this is a learning space and I really treat it like that, at the same time, I really, um, some of it is just outright willful carelessness. It's what? not, I'm, we're not talking about, we're not talking about cleaning up the table and working in earnest and going carefully and slowly and they slip or they, whatever. And they we're talking about, we're talking about like loose handed goofy, yeah, but, but hold on. loose handed goofy. Yeah, but you're, but now you're separating, explosion. but you're letting yourself off the hook. You, you got, you I'm not trying to let myself. No, off stop, stop. you you are, it's the same thing as coaching. It's mm -hmm. the exact same thing okay. when they're out there on the court, right? If they're like, Right, being kids, right. at some point you're like, okay, that's cool, but now I really need you guys to focus a little bit. Right, that's but that's they're so not handling China though. <laughs> no, no, but they are. The, it doesn't matter. It's uh -huh. the same thing. Is okay. you want them to be mindful and not careless. You want them thinking about what they're doing. Correct. So it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if they're pouring a glass of water, if they're setting the table, if they're cooking, if they are playing tennis. The ultimate goal for everybody is just to pay attention to the best of your ability so you don't keep over pouring the glass of water. But we are all educators across the board and we all have to learn some patience with people that don't have those movements or or don't have that critical eye or who are distracted who are ready they're them being careless is the lesson hey you know that water jug doesn't have the stopper in it you know that right. i know I, I i was i know i got it yes and what you coach them 
You just did it by saying, hey, you've seen me do that a million times. That's a coaching moment. Right. But again, we have to look at everything, and that's how I try to do it. Everything is a moment of of coaching for my kids yeah. for my and for myself. Right. I do not let myself off the hook. Right. So you're you got a student who you got it. You, you I'm going to let them off you, the hook. The teenager, the teenager student. Let's just reel it back here. Okay. A teenager student who's been in, who's been in and out of your club and your facility for the better part of at least six, seven years, taking tennis lessons on and off. The, the student has been in high school class, which is the class is twice a week for an hour and a half each week or for an hour and a half each class. So it's three hours a week. She's seen you interacted with you the whole thing. <clears throat> and she's her parents are obviously paying for this and they're and the whole thing is has been going along for years so she gets the whole thing there's it's not like she doesn't understand what's going on the expectations she she's with and it's not just you if she's in a high school class she's with other students who are about her age or very close to her age and they and she can look to see for example how they're doing or applying themselves, but yet it's just not working. And now it's frustrating for you because you are, you don't want to work it. You feel as though it's a waste of your time. You feel it's a waste of your time. And it's frankly, you feel it's a waste of her time. This almost goes back to the, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but the Etsy girl, right. And she was going through, she realized she, really loved to make certain things and then sell them on Etsy and her, but her situation was complicated because of what her mom was sick. Right. So here are people that tell we're we're telling her some coaches were like, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I pulled her aside and I asked her, is everything okay? And then she just unloaded on me on what was happening in her life. Yeah. She could care less about the technique of her two-handed back end. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was the last thing of, right. I am doing the laundry in my house. Yeah. My dad is shutting down because right. my mom is sick. Right. My brother is not, he's not around. Right. He's just in the basement doing whatever he's doing. And I'm, I'm basically becoming a parent and I just want to hit a ball. And, and then she was, um, she, her she mom brought, had cancer. Her mom has cancer. And I said to her, well, my mom died of cancer and I grew up with a, a mom that was, had four or five kinds of cancer. I don't remember a mom without cancer. And I said, I, I totally get it. I'm really, really sorry. And I said, can I tell you something that's really inappropriate? And she said, what? I said, my mom used to say F cancer. And she goes, that's what I say. And then she's wearing uh, a bracelet and this, I'm not making this up. Right, right. That says it. Right. And she goes, that's that's our motto. She goes, and I make I make jewelry right. for, on Etsy, and I sell it. And she goes, and I love it. And I was like, amazing. Do more of that. Do that. Come here when you want. We'll hit some balls. We're going to get off your back. Right. Don't worry about it. Right. She's not out there for any reason but to hit a ball because it just it's that's her her space uh-huh. away from whatever's going on in her yeah, house the trauma it's, and, yeah. right and then somebody else is like well you know what you need to do with your top hand and then your bottom hand's gonna be some uh semi-western and then it's gonna be a continental grip and break the wrist down like this. <laughs> like like right really so 
But that person probably doesn't know or hasn't taken the time to get to figure out what's going on with her. Whereas you took the time to no, no. But the look from the other coach is that you're just a bad athlete. That there's nothing else going on in your life. Right. Nice. But hold on. But I would argue though, someone that's making jewelry or doing something with a textile is actually wired for technique. That is the person. It's just not 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 right now. Not emotionally. So you're correct about this this new girl that I'm working with. That waste of my time waste of her time, waste of her parents' money and their time carving out the time for her to go there, come to me. Right. So is she nice? hundred percent. Super nice person. Right. Very fond of the family, fond of her. And what we'll do is we'll have a lesson where consistency is her issue. Consistency. Within two shots, it's in the back tarp. Because the other girls that she was playing with this summer are able to hit big. So now she's trying to match pound for pound. And when she does, she's in for one shot. They amp it up. She can't take pace off of it the way she's taught or the way she kind of process. Let me say it differently. I'm not putting it on the coach. It was a coach's fault. The way she processed it and the amount of time she put in, whatever came out of the coaching that she got in the past left her a limited game. Can I ask you, are the other uh, this is a girls' class, right? Yeah. Are the other girls putting time in? At least at some, they're putting time in that she's not putting in. Some are, some aren't, and some are just getting it quicker. So okay. There are people that just get it. <clears throat> right. They okay. have the brain-body connection, and boom, it's the got it. Thanks. Right. Okay. So. So, but you something must have happened where you're like, what happened? How did it get to so this point? We've been working now for i'd say we probably have had eight privates nine privates right we came up i said listen we've it took two two privates was listen you have a lot of control not controlling <laughs> like like you're trying to control pace but you can't you you have like one speed right hit it right with without any regard for what's coming at you or the depth or anything or their positioning. You're just unloading on a ball. Right. And I said, we really need to focus on controlling pace. We're going to do a ton of like slow hitting and Mm -hmm. slowly amping up. Right. We came up with some abbreviations on her strokes, on how she moves on tan tension on court positioning. And this took about a month, but every lesson was starting two weeks earlier. Like it was just, it was like reset there. You could see that there's a, it's just like, she keeps going back to the maladjusted behavior, the old form. She just, it's like the default form. She just cannot go back. And so it's clear. She's not putting any time. She is somebody that needs to put the time in a lot of it. If she's going to make the change. So this has been going on. And yesterday, this is, so we had, you had asked me, well, how do you break up with somebody? What's, what's the steps? How do we go through this when you're not reaching somebody or they're not reaching themselves? So here was, the, so we come in with the mini tennis and I tell her, you need to hit 50 in a row at the same pace, 50 from her, not back and forth. So that's a hundred shots. Comes out, four hands to seduce. And she's doing pretty well. 
And I told her, I'm not going to save it. If you overhead it, I'm going to let it go. We're going to start over. I said, if this takes the whole hour, it takes a whole hour. She did really well, really well. I was like, oh, it looks like she practiced. Maybe she did. I didn't say anything. So we actually got to 140 shots. So she had 70 from her, which is pretty cool, right? And, and were they all great? No. But it was, it was good enough. Like that was, I felt like progress, right? So the progress I'm looking at is that in my head, she practiced and now she's showing me the results. This is the art project that she made. So I said, okay, let's go to backhands. Also now, now known as frack hands because she mishit every single one and we couldn't get, she couldn't do 10 in a row. So I said, hey, did you practice since the last lesson? And the answer was, no. I said, okay. I didn't say anything else. I said, all right. So let's keep going. And 25 minutes later, we're still struggling to get 10 backhands in a row. It's the default form. And once in a while, we're in the ad side now. This is just mini tennis now. We're, we're a full half an hour into an hour lesson. And she's fracking the backhand, the frack hand. And can, can you just... Yeah, yeah. She's, what is fracking the backhand? Fracking the backhand is the right hand and the left hand are both pulling up at the same time and she's leaning backwards and she's just framing it. Like she's behind her center of gravity. So instead of swinging out, right, she's just, everything's jerking up. Everything is, the this low to high concept is so ingrained in her, but it's, she has like these arms are, are, are bent and it looks like she's, she's. So let's, let's go through this slowly. Okay. So what you're doing here is you're asking her to make a cognitive change. Now, this is not the first time you've asked. You've This has been a bunch of times. You've shown it to her and you've said, this is the cognitive change you need to make. And then the idea will be you take that cognitive change and reteach your body to have that response instead of the response that it's doing now which is this fracking that's happening. This, I'm just saying, is for everybody's sake, not an easy thing to do. And I think, I mean, as having been the student of coaches for years and years and feeling the emotional pressure of that moment, it's really hard. And I'm not sticking up for her. So don't take this the wrong way. I'm just saying. I'm not taking it the wrong way. It's a complicated thing. And if you haven't practiced and you're not given you're not given yourself to it then it's it's not going to happen it's not going to happen because it's not going to happen i would say to students don't put yourself under this pressure that really that's one of the biggest motivators for um practice i know you hate that word but it, one of the biggest motivators for practice is that don't put yourself under the emotional pressure of a lesson where you're coming back and the coach is like, they know in their head, listen, we've worked on this before, but you're, you haven't, you haven't made any progress. Well, what's the point of the lesson? The lesson, the lesson isn't practice. So the lesson, yeah, the lesson is not to regroove forehand mini tennis. The lesson, no, is, the lesson should be, here's the next building block so you can get better. Right. But if you don't practice and go out, right. 
all we're doing is practice right that you're extending by seven days right there's going to be no right. improvement right that, that, that you're 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 basically paying me right to to hold, a, you know what this hitting, is you, no partner. no here it is yeah. you're paying me to, to to not teach to pour your kids the glass of water right you just said here here's a hundred dollars can you pour him a glass of water sure i'll do it Guys sure, for hundred bucks, guys have to pay their mortgage. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll do it. So, what did you do? So, I reviewed that we talked about just going with a slight rotation from the left shoulder out, losing the follow through. So let's just and with a little bit of extension, we're just going to trim the bonsai tree here. Right. Okay. Okay. So we do that. We still can't get best ten, but it's looking better, and the ball's moving better. It's, it's she's not hitting the frame at least. The contact point was better. So I said, okay, we're going to back up now. So we back up to go down the line. And I, I looked and I said, okay, so we're going to really shorten up all your strokes. You're not going to follow through. You're not squeezing tight. You're just going to rotate about a, a quarter rotation forward with your shoulders, forehands and backhands, and just extend out a little bit and just work on that and controlling the pace. So that's a lot. I understand that's a lot. But- <laughs> Yeah. there's so many right there's so many things here but but here's what's gonna right this but is coming from can, the man of one thing i, I know well here's the point though ready i can only do so much mini tennis <laughs> like at some point you got to move on right yeah so because i knew where this was going right and so we back up we hit for about five more minutes it's right back. It just snaps right back to the old way on both four body back ends. yeah now, because there's no practice right so I said, all right. Um, I said, can we, can I talk to you for a second? Can we come on up? So this is, here we go. Here's the speech. This is after eight weeks or whatever. Yeah, eight, eight okay. privates. <clears throat> okay. This is the it's me, not you speech. Sort of. So this is how I would do it. So I said, hey, can I, can I come up? Can you come up here a second? I'd like to talk to you about something. She said, right. sure. I said, one of the things about me as a coach or one of my jobs as a coach is not just coaching tennis. I'm always a coach. So and one of the and when i say i'm always a coach it's not just about coaching the game it's figuring out what your motivation is to be here and why you're here because if i can figure that out it actually shapes how i coach you because it gives you some clues into the person and and what to expect what will trigger them and how you can get to them to be more effective so I, I said, I'm going to ask you some questions and I just want you to really think about them before you answer and answer them honestly. I started to say, do you like tennis? And I caught myself. I said, no, 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 don't answer that. I said, I'm going to rephrase it. Does tennis bring you joy and happiness? She's like, oh, yes. I said, okay. I said, do you think about it when you... When you leave here, oh, yeah, all the time. Great, awesome. I said, so it brings. Just not going the direction I would have thought it was going to go, especially if you're looking to break up and be like, let's move on. So I said, so it brings you joy and happiness, and you're thinking about it. And I said, are you excited for the next lesson? Like you can't wait to do it. She's like, oh yeah. I was like, okay, this is great. So this is your motivator. So I said, it's not for your parents. This is not for just because you want to make a team or to have friends that are on a team. I said, you really love tennis. It brings you joy and happiness and you find it intellectually stimulating and it doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. 
She goes, no. I said, okay. Then why did you just tell me 45 minutes ago that you don't practice between any of our lessons? You can hit the crickets. Mic drop. (laughs) I said, so I'm just going to clarify. I'm going to say it again. And I said it this many times. You said that doing this sport brings you joy, happiness. You can't wait to do it. You think about it all the time and it doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. Is this this ending up in a cognitive dissonance moment? And she, she just completely stares at me and I said, so let me give you an example. You know, I do music and guess what? It brings me joy in all the things you just said. And I do it five days a week. And the two days that I can't do it, it hurts. Because when I find things that bring me joy and happiness, I actually do more of them, not less. Does, does that make sense? Well, well, yeah. Okay. So then why aren't you practicing? Because if it brings you those things, wouldn't you want to do more of them? Doesn't that seem contradictory? And she says, it actually sounds hypocritical. So I said, do you see my problem? And then I gave her the, I, my affect changed. And I said, look at me. You're not getting better. You're wasting my time. You're wasting your time. And you're wasting your parents' money over something you said brings you joy, happiness, mental stimulation that you can't stop thinking about. I said, do you ever do ghost strokes in your house? No. Do you stand in front of a mirror and watch and, and, and look at yourself in there? Do you do split stepping when you're going around the house? Do you go through the technique? No, no. I said, well then, are you, whatever you're doing because you're too busy, that might not be the thing to do then if it doesn't bring you joy and happiness. Or if that thing that you're doing that is taking up the practice time brings you joy and happiness, do more of that. And I said, look at me. Quit tennis. You don't need to be on a team. I said, I'm here for you. I like you. I said, change your change your mindset, change how you're looking at this because your actions are not matching what you're saying. And how am I to help you and be on your team if your actions are exactly the opposite of everything you just said? So what I want you to do is I want you to go home. And I want, I said, do not have a conversation with your parents. I said, I want you to have a conversation with yourself of why you're really doing this. And then I want you to come back next week and have an honest answer for me of why you're doing this. And if it is all the things that you said, then your behavior needs to change. Your actions need to back up what you're doing. If the answer is, I don't want to do this, then you should come to me and say, hey, Sully, I think I'm going to do something else. And I'll say, awesome. I'm so happy for you. I'm always here for you. Or we can just hit around for a little bit, but it doesn't need to be what it is. Or I can find you somebody else that would be better suited. But this has nothing to do with me liking you or our relationship. This is about what you want. And that was it. And she's like, okay, I'll do that. And then she left.
And that was the last 15 minutes of the, of our lesson, which I think is actually a better coaching moment. So can I offer up one little thing here? Please go. It's so, it's some, yeah, and you can criticize some, it too. You might not no, think so, that that's so, a good method. No, I'm fine with it. So some insight though into the person. Okay. And I hope you don't get defensive on this, but let's go for it. So, um, and I'm not her lawyer, <laughs> so don't take it that way. No, it's fine. Go for it. Um, could it be that we're talking about somebody who has and has a you want to talk about maladjusted a maladjusted approach to learning a maladjusted approach to or an incorrect or an inappropriate set of tools in her toolbox. So she's got this cognitive dissonance and emotional dissonance that's going on here. So in other words, you have something that you say brings you joy. Okay. And happiness. I mean, those seem like genuine reactions. They didn't seem, they didn't seem like this blase Facebooked out Instagram phone watching. I, I, Apple watch watch and response, which is, yeah, yeah, they do. It seemed really genuine. And could it be that she has a maladjusted and it approach to this whole thing and a behavior that's causing her to have this dissonance. And then it's really confusing with her. It's really messing with her because she's probably privately thinking to herself, you know what? I do love this. I, I like to be out here with this guy. I like this coach. I like this game. I, the comfort, the atmosphere feels really comfortable. I like playing with a tennis racket. And she's got some cognitive dissonance going on, which is like, you know, but my my approach is destructive or detrimental to my acquisition of this skill. Absolutely. And so it's a yes. maladjusted cognitive dissonance where the person really truly does love it and wants to be there but their but their behaviors that they've learned to be able to show that love are not the behaviors that you need to further yourself and further that love so is that you, is that no you're no you're you're actually you're right on point with this that's the next this is why i didn't say we're done that's why i said i'll see you next week I didn't say, hey, call me. We'll have a, a talk on the phone. We're still going to have a lesson next week. And then depending on what she... So she comes back and says, no, I want to do this. Now that's the chance for me to say, okay, now how do we work together if you really truly want to do this and make a change in your game? How do we do this together now? Right. So here's, and here's something I would tell her. She's like, and, and that's where I would explore the maladjusted behavior of the cognitive dissonance, right? There, there's something blocking her from, you know, and, and again, maybe when she, like all those things are true and she just kind of has a Sullivan space out where she disconnects and everything she does, I mean, that's amazing too, right? Where maybe each day she does something, she's like, oh, that's the greatest thing also. Like that's also like almost like a younger kid where or she, everything's or, a new toy, right? Or, that's right. pretty cool or, too. Or she, or she comes to the lesson, she has a great time, there's this whole experience and then she walks out and she feels really good and then she moves on, just like you're saying, she moves on to the next, the very next thing and she doesn't think to herself, wait a second, um, if I really, 
if I really love this and I want to get better at it, I, I better like schedule another court time or I better think about what the coach said, or I better try to just uh, duplicate it in the house to some degree or about mental practice or actual practice, whatever you want to say. She doesn't have that. She hasn't been, she hasn't been taught or trained to do that. And that's the next lesson. So she right. comes back with, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in penny per pound. Right. Is that, right. is that the phrase? Right. Right. In for I'm a in penny, for, in for a penny, in for a pound. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to ditch her. I'll say, okay, now how do we get you to start doing the steps that will maximize your joy and happiness? So this is going to sound really rudimentary to you, <laughs> but I would suggest that you walk her upstairs and you introduce her to the desk person and you schedule a series, excuse me, of four practice times over the next four weeks where she can come to and you work, you stand there at the desk and you say, okay, because she's got a phone and I guarantee you she knows her schedule and she knows everything else. And you say, okay, what day when you're not in my class and you're not in the high school class, what day, what time can you play for one hour here and desk person i'd like you to schedule that or 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 at least write down all the options oh no no Uh, no 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 because remember there's a parental thing right oh that's fine no one's in the building right now they're gonna walk away and then they're no i got it options i I love this i don't think that that's (laughs) rudimentary that's what i was going to tell you that's exactly what i would do okay i would go upstairs with her because I think a lot of pros would be like, well, then you need to go upstairs and you need to talk no, to a desk person. No, I'm you with you. To, and you need, to, you need to go schedule some time, okay? So let's get back to this now. Let's work on the back end. Because <laughs> you've got to justify your value. Well, no, right. right. And if there's a, if there's a, a cognitive dissonance here that, that right. right? No, she needs help on that. Absolutely. Right. No, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I don't think it's rudimentary at all, actually. You're showing the process of, and also when you go up, this is how you talk to the desk person. This is, I mean, right. she knows. And, and not just that, and not just that, but also, um, so you're going to need to rent a ball machine. So then you say to the desk person, can you make a note there that she's going to want to rent the ball machine when she comes on this one day, she's going to rent the ball machine. They'll go, got it. Schedule the ball machine. Right. And they'll put it down or whatever. I'm just saying that it could be that this person, because she expressed profound joy in doing this activity, that she has some maladjusted behavior. Oh, yes. we accident we that's pretty cool we accidentally got to that right and and because you had mentioned that you're like do you know what maladjusted behavior is <laughs> after all your <laughs> after all your years of therapy and I, oh, and you're like dude you, no you were idea. talking to the no wrong idea. you were talking to the wrong dude wait did you just malad- out adjust me i did <laughs> you uh, out you out maladjusted me <laughs> but i didn't mean to but the point i'm trying to make is that we that's pretty cool that we arrived back at this space without actually planning for it that I came because you got me thinking about that. And I thought, how can that be applied to this particular circumstance so that we don't just outright dismiss her? Because I think a lot of these podcasts, a lot of these coaches, a lot of these moments, they'd be like, well, that's right. You told her and now she's got it. And now, you know what, Bob, there's Bob. (laughs) It's back in her court, right? You know, Bobby senior was talking to Bobby junior. And the reality is, is that uh, this is what I would have told Bobby junior. That's in her court. So if she comes back, she comes back. If she doesn't, well, you know, she can always be a rec player and have fun. And it's like, well, okay, but is there something else going on that we can help her? Right? 
and not just, save the world. But no, just, but also not make them feel <clears throat> stupid. But yeah. I, and, and I think some my tone changed a little bit because I wanted her to understand you spent like a thousand dollars. Like, do you understand that? No, she doesn't because it's her parents. Who well, spent and, okay, right, but, dude, no, but right, there's no when there's no skin in the game, right? Right. So, but the skin in the game then is me. If you like me and you want to do this, yeah, and you want me to help you on your journey of joy, right? <laughs> your journey of joy. Oh, it's like, come right, on. right. But I'm oh, in on it. Yeah. I'm telling. I'm. I'm. Yeah, walking the walk here, man. I love this game. That potentially this is going to end. So there you go. So there's your skin in the game. Skin in the game is I don't stick around forever. If you put no effort in outside of here, there's your skin in the game. So if you don't have a financial financial element to what you're doing. So, and we can wrap this up, but the idea here is, is that this is the precursor to the breakup. So right now we're at the moment of tension. We're at the denouement. We're going to find out what happens. So we're going to find <laughs> So, but we are at that moment, right? So you didn't just say, you know, this isn't going to work. I'll no. see you later. No, no, no. I know that. But this is, but so for coaches out there that are looking for a way to do this, you gave some hints at your frustration by saying, you know, I know, obviously I noticed you're not practicing. And then you gave some, also some hints when you were, these are like subtle emotional and cognitive hints, but you were like, so do you like this game? Which is the opposite of, I don't think you like this game. And then you gave some other hints, you know, when you were, when you were asking question after question after question, you're really trying to get at motivation and like, are you really motivated to be here? Cause it doesn't feel like you're motivated to be here. So you're basically sending subtextual signals to that other person without saying, I don't think you find joy in this game. You don't want to practice. And I don't think you should be here. <laughs> so instead of saying all that, you ask these questions and you hinted, and maybe she'll be thinking about that. <clears throat> now, if she is not that self-aware, she might not be thinking about anything you said. She might not feel it in her bones, but she might. And so now that's the precursor. Now, if you want to break up, the next step will be she comes back and she still hasn't practiced and, or she's blowing off these, you find out from the desk person that she's blowing off these scheduled practice times and she's not even coming. Then you can, you're still going to deliver the message. At some point, I'm assuming you're going to deliver the message. So the next step for me would be, I said to her, I expect you to practice right. at least two half an hour sessions on your own this week, whether it be in your house, on right. a court, that something's related to the joy and happiness you said you get out of this. Right. Now, if she, if she comes back, and I'm going to ask her, did, did, what'd you do? Did you practice your joy? And she says no. I say, okay, but you're in. I'm in. Okay, now we're going to do what you suggested. Let's go upstairs, the rudimentary. Mm -hmm. We're going we're gonna to schedule right now. This is part of our lesson now on, on scheduling and making the time from there. Then I'll go another two weeks, and if there's no change, that's when I'm going to suggest another coach. What if there's, she's been practicing and there's no change? That's, I don't care. That's fine. That's great. You'll still change? You'll still ask her to go to another coach? No, or you'll, no. Or you'll, oh, okay. So you'll see it's in the event that after you've done this rudimentary scheduling, she's not showing up to these things. <clears throat> Nobody gets worse practicing. 
<laughs> let's just let's just make that clear. Right. Time in, in investing into something doesn't make you worse. Right. So so that's so you'll but then if after you'll give it two weeks and then after two weeks if this is obviously still not it's not progress she's not coming to practice regardless of whether she's she's holding on her own as to her skill level she's not regressing but she's not progressing but she's practicing you'll still keep her or you'll say that's fine we can work together but if she's not showing up at the practice sessions and she's basically not holding her own and not getting better then you'll say let me suggest another coach right so that's that's kind of a stepped process here and i think that helps for coaches that are listening to this right so we're talking about 10 weeks <clears throat> if you put it all together it's it's 10 10 lessons yeah. 10 to 11 lessons our right. lessons to get to this point right and i think that that's the and again you know if she changed in let's say in two years let's say she dropped tennis and in two years she's like you know i kind of got what you said finally and i, I want to try again right I'll, i'd be like sure I've give I've absolutely when students have come back to me and said you know I didn't really get you you're a little you're a little weird and intense. I wasn't I wasn't ready I for wasn't it. ready for yeah. you and I'll say yeah. even like you know what I wasn't ready for you that's right. fine let's let's try again yeah let's have a second date let's see what happens right I think that's okay that's okay and it might not work out again but I think but all of this gets people thinking and communicating isn't that what this is about isn't it all about connection which I will say one uh, through the greatest sport ever. No, invented. it's not. It's about wins and losses <laughs> and <laughs> no, conquering and getting the, and getting the trophy. That's what it's about. No, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, we'll we'll follow up uh, next time. I just gave the counterpoint. That's I, I know you that. do. Point counterpoint. I get it. Yeah. So yes, I think that we can figure out what's going to happen. And I, I'm I'm actually hopeful that she's going to make the change because when I saw her say, yeah. You know, that's it was hypocr genuine. hypocritical. I said, no, it's, it's contradictory. Right. I said, I said, don't make it that bad. Like you're a hypocrite. You're not, you're just right. You're, you're saying is contradictory to what your actions are. Right. And I said, you know, I just want to, I want to see you back up what you're saying. Yeah. And, and that's it. And if so she, she can be, she can be not salvaged, but she can be redirected if she's made aware of maybe there is a real and this is <clears throat> one of the hardest parts i think probably for you as a coach is you have to play you know amateur psychologist and you have to kind of be like you know i you don't want to say maladjusted behavior but there's a disconnect you could say it nicely i think there's a disconnect between the joy you feel the way you're feeling about this sport and doing this and all this other stuff and what you're actually doing. There's a disconnect and it doesn't mean you're hypocritical. It just means there's a disconnect and there's something that's preventing you. Or maybe it's just a general acknowledgement. I love being here. I love, and, and that, that will be the subject of an, uh, a completely other episode, but I'm betting there are students who love to just be there, but that's the only love that they that there's nothing really else there. They don't love the sport to that extent. And I think that's what's confusing you and it confuses a lot of coaches. There's people who want to just go there. They want to be around that coach because they like that personality. They're different than their parents. They want to be in the atmosphere because it makes them feel decent and they want to and they want to experience that even if it's for just an hour a week because it is it's different that it's an escape it's something very different than they have in the rest of their lives. And they don't really want to put anything else into it. And I, and you, you just hit the nail on the head with me. 
that's not what I get out of it. And, and it's never been that. So yeah, you're correct. On that's I wrestle with that. I just rocked my brain. Oh my god, just rocked my body. Dennis Rogers! Thanks for joining us. You know what you are!